It's not like any other podcast. Coming to you straight from Eastern Iowa, where apartment ownership and investing is told like it is. It's time for Darren Garman's Apartment Specialist Podcast. Hold on, because here comes the next episode of the Apartment Specialist Podcast. Well, hey everybody, Darren Garman here, and welcome to this week's podcast, where we're going to be answering the question, what's next? Uh, as an investor, whether you are an active or passive investor involved in a multifamily community, uh, one of the biggest questions that you're going to need to answer, you're going to need to be asking yourself, has to do with what's next. But I find that there are many, many investors that don't even give this any consideration and when they do give it consideration uh, they're a little bit late in the game and it could result in an investment that doesn't turn out as well as they thought an investment that does not perform like they thought it would and that doesn't necessarily mean it's bad or good uh, but maybe it just didn't work out perform act like they thought it would uh, or uh, they are surprised by things uh, and when you're surprised as an investor, I mean, sure, it's great to be surprised when you make a, a ton of money and you have a huge return on investment, but it's not a surprise when it goes the opposite direction. So we're going to talk a little bit about that and we're going to have two parts to this. So this is part one. So this podcast this week is part one and it has to do with residents and taking over a property and some of the things that need to happen and some of the things that we do anyway that I do and my staff does just to make sure that uh, no one is surprised on the management side and on the resident side on the, in the communities that we take over. And then we're going to address investors in part two uh, of the podcast, which will happen here next week. So before we get into the content of what I'm going to be talking about here with what's next, I want to remind you of our upcoming multifamily investment summit for serious investors and uh, this is coming up fast folks uh, we have two dates in 2020 january 13th and march 9th january 13th and march 9th this is only for 15 serious investors and this is 15 at each of those dates so we're only allowing 15 to attend on january 13th and 15 to attend on March 9th. And so if you are a serious investor, you want to make serious progress with either regular money or 401k IRA money, and you want to have multifamily communities be a part of that. Whether you're an active owner, landlord, or passive owner, this is a must to attend. And oh, by the way, it is free. It does not cost anything. Um, there is no um, uh, fee to attend. Um, there's no tuition involved. It is free, but you need to be a serious investor. And again, it's only limited to 15 investors. And so you want to get an idea what the Multifamily Investment Summit's all about. You want details on everything I will be covering, including the property tour. Uh, where we really get uh, theory put together with practice 
It's where rubber meets the road and you get an idea of exactly how multifamily investing can really come together for you as a serious investor, again, if you're active or passive. So you want to go to multifamily investment. You want to go to heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. Sorry about that. Heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. That is heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. Uh, the agenda is there. Everything I will cover on January 13th and March 9th is there. Heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. Make sure that you register. Space is really getting limited. And not surprisingly, the closer we get to the dates, the more limited the space becomes. Again, heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. All right, everybody, let's go ahead and jump into... Uh, the content. Now remember, I'm, I'm really dividing this podcast up into two parts. Part one that we're going to cover on this podcast of what's next is what I consider action plans or must-do action plans that need to be implemented once a property is taken over. Uh, once you take over an apartment community, uh, there needs to be an action plan put in place and I'm going to go over that here in just a minute on what we do. And I'm going to do it generally. I'm going to do it briefly. This is not meant to be a course on this or a class or, you know, I'm not writing a book here on how to do this. But I want to give you some key ideas, some key strategies and things to think about. And this is whether you're active or passive, by the way. Uh, because what I find happens a lot is... <clears throat> And when investors purchase a multifamily community, and this is whether it's a small property like four to eight units, 12 units, or all the way up to maybe like a big time property, maybe it's a big time syndication or group kind of investment with multiple partners, you know, hundreds and hundreds of units. What I find happens is there is a hell of a lot of conversation about income, a lot of conversation about rates of return, a lot of conversation about who's going to be making how much money, how much is the manager going to be making, how much should I be getting as an investor, uh, what kind of financing are we getting, and how am I impacted by financing, what kind of due diligence are we doing, and how am I impacted by the due diligence, and what are we digging into to make sure that this is going to be a good multifamily community, and inspections, and insurance, and property and casualty, etc., 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 from A to Z, there are many things covered, talked about, discussed, and worked on prior to taking over a multifamily community. And this is whether you're a mom and pop investor, or this is whether you're, you know, more of a uh, syndication group partnership kind of investor. I mean, rarely are you talking about what's next or what happens after you take over. How many times have you talked about? thought about or made a plan about what you're going to do after you take over. Rarely do I find people do this. Um, as a matter of fact, what most hap what happens most of the time is investors will take a property over, then kind of scramble and play catch up on things that they think they need to do. And it's easy. It's easy to fall into that trap because there are no shortage of items, things you need to know, responsibilities you have prior to taking over 
a property and it doesn't really matter the size in most cases whether it's a small or large there's just a ton of stuff you got to do a ton of things you got to put in place a ton of items you have to be responsible for but what I find happens more often than not is not many people take the time to put in a what's next plan after they take over and this is key this is key to do this and it's important to do it. And arguably, this could be one of the most important things to do, even more important than what you, you know, what kind of interest rate you're paying, what kind of financing you're having, um, et cetera, et cetera. And why is that? Because you're pretty much banking on the income stream the property will produce after you take over, aren't you? So whether you're purchasing large property, small, whether you're passive investor, active investor, when you make that investment, not only of money, but of time, you're pretty much looking forward to a return of that investment that the property or properties will give you. And so knowing that that's the case really says that one of the things you should have on your to-do list when you're investing in your next multifamily community is what's next. And by what's next, I really mean what are you going to do after you take over the property? You've closed. The closing has happened. You've gone ahead and you finally have gotten the property. It's finally yours. Now what? Now what? And if your answer is, oh, well, I'll just have management take over, that is the wrong answer. But that's what most people do. Uh, whether it's a third-party management company, whether it's your own management staff, well, well, I just got the management taken over and they're going to handle it. Or, yeah, I found a really good third-party management company and they're going to handle it. That may not be a bad answer. And in most cases, that's actually the right answer. But what else are you going to do? Because it is very important to have a plan with those tenants that live in that community. And that plan needs to be implemented right away when you take over. I was on a podcast here recently as a guest. And we ended up talking about this subject for about 25 minutes. Really because no one talks about this. Even though it's probably the most important thing to do to know and to do and to work on once you take over a property, nobody talks about it. And so what I told my host and what I'm going to be telling you is you need to have a, commu a communication and action plan in place once your management team takes over. Because what's the first thing residents are going to want to know? When you take over a apartment community, large or small, what are the, what's the first thing residents are going to want to know? What do you think? If you said, are you going to raise my rent? You are exactly right. It's exactly what they want to know. Is my rent going up? Every apartment community that we take over, and as we're communicating with the residents, prior to actually closing and taking possession of the community, their main question to us is, is our rent going up? Why? They're worried. They're concerned. Why? 
because they see you as the bad guy, the landlord, the one that will make their financial situation a little bit tougher, possibly. So you think about this. Do you think that the current residents are looking forward to you taking over the property? Unless the property is run down and been totally mismanaged and they're looking for a godsend for management to save the property and to make their lives better, the answer is no. They're not. Because they think you're going to be raising their rent. And you may be. You may raise their rent. Because a lot of times when we purchase property, we buy them because we know we can raise rent. I mean, I do. But do you think the right thing to do is to take over on Monday and raise everybody's rents on Wednesday and not have any kind of communication with them? But that's what most people do. Most people do it by letter, by postings on doors, by email. Okay, And most management takeovers and most owner takeovers are very institutional very impersonal when as a matter of fact it needs to be the exact opposite it needs to be personal it needs to be informal what yes you heard me correctly it needs to be informal so one of the first things that we do when we take over a property is we communicate with all of the residents okay and we basically say hey we are new management and we are so excited and happy to be working with you. Please come by the management office. Please stop by and meet us. We'd love to talk to you. You may see us walking the common areas, walking on the grounds. Please stop us and talk to us. What do most people do? They don't do that at all. Why? Because they don't want to hear the residents complaining about something. Most residents, truth be told, have a complaint about something. Their apartment's too big, it's too small, they've got bugs, they don't have bugs, it's too hot, it's too cold, the resident next door makes noise all the time, you know. Rarely do you want to go out looking to hear residents' complaints, right? And I'm not saying you do, but you want to start communicating with them right away as someone that is concerned about them. not someone that's institutional and formal and comes across like they don't give a shit about them. Now, am I saying you have an open town hall meeting and have them all come in and complain and, and give you all sorts of um, feedback? No. But do you welcome them to come in, talk to your management staff, whoever it is, third party or your own management? Have them come in, get to know us. So we have a get to know the management week. Get to know the management week. Come in and talk to us. We've heard from the former owners and the former managers what great residents we have here. Please come by, talk to us. Come in and meet us. Get to know us better. We'd like to know you better. Please come by and talk to us. If it's only for just a few minutes. Okay. So once you start that process, you're already you're already coming across as hey, these guys are a little bit different. They're not just in it to jack up my rent. They're not just in it to get as much money out of my pocket as they can while I live here. 
okay? As a follow-up to that, now you need to be inviting these residents to events. And the events can be um, silly kind of events. They can be more formal kind of events. And they can be goofy kind of events. So let me give you a few examples of what we do. So let's kind of hit the more formal kind of events. So at our properties, our larger ones anyway, we have Halloween parties. So just this last October, we had a Halloween party. Residents can come in with their kids. They're dressed in costume. You know, of course, we have candy and everything to give to them. Halloween party. How about Thanksgiving? So recently we had a Thanksgiving Day party. Residents can come by. We bought, I don't know, 30 some pounds of turkey. We had a bunch of other stuff available. Residents came in. We had a line out the door of residents taking part in this. Okay? Are we spending a little bit of money to do this? You darn right. But what kind of rapport are we building with our residents when we do these things? That's right. Really, really great rapport. Uh, so those are more formal ones. More informal ones are extended pool hours, extended pool night. Okay, Maybe having a few goodies and a few things for them to do during pool hours. You're bringing in new pool toys. You got new pool furniture. Come test it out. Have your kids do the. I mean, you, you see where I'm going with this. That's more informal. Another informal one is we have learned that around tax time, tax return time, a lot of residents buy new furniture, uh, especially TVs, um, especially electronics, and furniture. So what happens? Well, a lot of times they'll take them out to the dumpster and it creates a mess. Okay, well, what do we do? We bring in a roll-off dumpster, a big dumpster. So for four days, throw all of your junk in our dumpster. Haul it out. If you're buying new stuff, you're using that tax return, throw your old stuff away, throw it in our dumpster. We'll take care of it. We'll pay for it. We'll, haul, we'll even haul it away for you. Again, does that cost a little bit of money? Yeah, it does. But those are just a few examples of what we do to come across and communicate with our residents in that what's next period of time after we take over. And do you think we now have trouble working on raising our rents? Not really. Do you think we have issues with retention, tenant retention? Not really. Okay. But see, most people don't think about the what's next after they take over. They look at it more institutional. They basically try to spreadsheet the crap out of it and operate it that way. We're more of a personal touch and communication is needed and necessary. Now, are you going to have every resident happy about it? No. Is every resident going to stay there for the rest of their lives? No. Is every resident not going to bitch or complain about a rent raise? Of course not. But the amount of goodwill that you build with people, when you come across as someone that gives a shit about them and goes out of your way to do things for them, makes an apartment community more profitable, easier to manage, and you have a better resident mix. A couple of other things that we do. 
The no-brainer is a newsletter. You got to get a newsletter out to your residents once a month at least, right? Letting them know what's going on, what's happening at the community, etc. Now, by the way, things that I'm mentioning here, it doesn't matter if you have a large community or small community, right? I mean, you can always adjust these things based on the size of the community that you're talking about. And I find a lot of people don't do this. And you, I don't want you to take what I'm telling you on this podcast, by the way, as uh, spend a ton of money on your residents every month and basically bribe them to stay. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you want to have that communication process in place with them and have your staff do things, whether it's third-party management or your own staff, do these things for the, your residents at least on a monthly basis. The minimum's a newsletter. That's the minimum. At most, you should have an event at least every other month. Give residents reasons to interact with you or your staff or your management staff. Okay? But again, most people don't do it. And all it takes is just a little bit of work, a little bit of creativity, and you're off to the races. Okay. Um, what I find is when you implement these things, you create at the end of the day a much higher resale value of your apartment property because you have residents that really like to live there, are happy to pay a little more rent to live there. They're happy to increase your bottom line as a result. And the more money the property makes, the more you can sell the property for if and when the time comes. Okay. So this has been part one. Okay. We'll get to part two next week, but part one of what's next, just to summarize is to have a plan in place with resident communications. Once you take over and resident events, once you take over and implement that plan, have a budget put together for that process have some ideas, and if you have to be a little creative, fine. But a lot of these are easy to do. Holidays are great excuses. That's what we love holidays because they give us great excuses to implement our plan. All right, so as I'm recording this, Christmas is coming up. Well, we're going to have a little Christmas get-together at the clubhouse, a little Christmas get-together at another community. Okay? What are you doing? What are you doing? And again, every month, something needs to be done with communication. What's next with your residents? Whether you're active investor, this should be pretty easy. Or if you're passive, you need to be talking with whoever your manager or general partner is or whoever's running the show. What are you guys doing for what are you guys doing after you take over? What kinds of communications do you have with the residents? What kind of events do you have? What kind of things do you have to have residents engaged with us that, that really promote our community to them? Because not only is it great for residents, but word of mouth and referrals are huge. Huge. So you want to know what's going on. And if for some reason the answer is, well, uh, we don't know. Or, uh, well, you know, we may, uh, we may send a newsletter out every quarter. That's not the answer you want. 
That's not the answer you want. You want consistent. Consistency after you take over, answering that what's next with those residents because it will allow you to have a much, much more profitable apartment community. Again, whether large or small, whether you're active or passive owner. Okay, so that's part one. Residents, what do you do after you take over? If you have any questions about anything I've gone over on this podcast, you want clarification, get in touch with me. Happy to chat with you, answer your questions, and uh, uh, respond to your feedback. That is great. Uh, all of my uh, methods of communication are on my website. Uh, you can do that and get in touch with me. Uh, before I go, remind, reminder, the second part of this, our next podcast, is now what it's next with investors. Okay, what's next as an investor? So if you're an investor in an apartment community, we're going to answer the what's next question for you. If you are a manager of an apartment community and you have investors you need to be contacting and you need to and you are respond you have a responsibility there. We're going to be talking about what you need to be thinking about doing in your what's next. Okay? Again, whether you're active or passive, the next podcast will answer a lot of questions and shed a lot of light on what's next, why it's important, and how you can be a hell of a lot more profitable by implementing just a few easy ideas. All right. Have a great day. Have a great week or weekend. Whenever you've listened to me, we will talk to you later. And before I let you go, one last reminder, heartlandinvestmentsummit.com for 15 serious investors on January 13th and March 9th of 2020. This is a subject we will dive into deeply during our time together. But to find out what other items we will cover, go to heartlandinvestmentsummit.com. All right, take care. Have a great day. Have a great week or weekend. We will talk to you later. All right, see ya. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining the Apartment Specialist Podcast. For investment questions, comments, or to get in touch with Darren, go to www.heartlandinvestmentrealestate.com.